You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sharpen your pencils and get your notebooks out. It's time for the Star Seminar. And now, here are your hosts, Rabble Rouser and Danny Phantom. Welcome, one and all, to another episode of the Star Seminar. I am your irascible host, Danny Phantom. That is because we are irascible, meaning without the great Rabble Rouser, as today he journeys across the country, possibly trying to elude the Salamanca drug cartel. Uh, we do not know that. We cannot deny or confirm. But I can confirm that I have one of my buddies from Oxford, Tony Thompson, who was breaking bad from the moment I first saw him. Tony, sir, how are you? Man, what your intros are just, you guys have top-notch ones. I am well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, it's tough to actually beat uh, the good raps because he got... Uh, you know, he comes through with some good ones there. So, you know, I'm, I'm just trying to uh, just trying to hold serve uh, for the moment. But um, since Rabs is unavailable, uh, the goal here is basically to take advantage of when the professor is out of office and uh, do what you always do when there is a substitute. Uh, just run amok. And what yeah, better, misbehave, dude. Yeah. What better muck runner uh, to run amok with? And my good pal, Tony, uh, so uh, let's just uh, go off course a bit. I mean, the last time I think uh, uh, you were joining me for this, uh, I think we spent probably a good, you know, five to eight minutes talking about Cobra Kai. And, uh, you know, we said we could do a whole show on that. And, uh, you know, of course, uh, we probably could. But, uh, you know, we got to talk about some cowboy stuff. So so we're going to do that. But I still thought we would just go a little off course. And um, since you are a person of sound mind and good character, I know you are familiar with the show Better Call Saul. And... I am. I am. I did. I'm unfortunately what happened is my direct TV only carries like I, I only set it up to carry like five episodes at a time of a recording. And then Better Call Saul started doing a bunch of, um, you know, like, uh, like behind the scenes or whatever, like bull crap. Right, right. And so it, it erased a bunch of episodes. And so now I have to, I guess buy them um, because like I have AMC plus and it doesn't even work on there. So I'm really annoyed. I'm going to have to buy them um, individually just to, just to finish this out here. Cause I, I've waited too long and I'm annoyed now. So just so I'm clear, you are halfway through the, the final season, correct? Th- that's correct. Okay. So you just haven't kicked things off then. Okay. So we'll try to, I'll try to be mindful of that is, you know, there shouldn't be too many spoil spoilers here. So, um, but nonetheless, I mean, I, Anybody that listens to this show knows that I absolutely love Better Call Saul. I've been talking about pretty much, you know, every episode. And uh, Raz is going to love this. But, uh, I mean, I'm a huge Breaking Bad fan. And I think that's one of the best TV shows in in all of television. And, uh, of course, Better Call Saul is tied into that. So I thought what we would do today is uh, we would, would, of course, talk about the Cowboys training camp. But um, we would do so in kind of like a Better Call Saul theme, you know, to discuss the things we like and dislike. So, are you up for for that? Yeah, I'm going to do my best. This is this is heavy lifting here today, but I think I can do it. I, I think you can handle it. It's it, it, you know, it, it won't be that. It's a you know substitute. It's, there's nothing that's really hard on you know when there's a substitute. So, um, perfect. All right, so let's just kick things off. Uh, so the first question we'll go with. Uh, so we're just going to jump right into it and you know come out strong. Uh, this one is in honor of the man himself, uh, slipping Jimmy McGill, Saul Goodman, uh, Gene Takovic, whatever, whatever you want to call him, it's all good, man. And so let's talk about someone who's been all good, all of camp. What player are you most impressed with? 
Uh, so this is tough, right? Because there's like a couple like really easy answers that I'm going to try to avoid. Like, I think it goes without saying that's like, you know, Micah Parsons, C.D. Lamb, Dak Prescott. Um, what's crazy is like we don't even talk about Zach Martin anymore. So maybe he's even the answer. It's just like he exists and he's not talked about. So I'm going to say the player that's most impressive to me in camp has probably been Tyler Smith. Um, I saw something today where someone was like, yeah, he's had an up and down camp. And I don't know. I mean, I've seen him get beat, you know, because that happens to everybody in one-on-one. But I don't know if he, since he's been drafted, which we were both, you know, not pleased with. We talked about it before that we were like, let's not do this. Um, and he's done everything right since then. And in training camp, he is so much better than Connor McGovern um, that it's, I can't, I'm not sure why they still have him running with the twos. Um, like they do a lot of switching obviously, but um, I don't know why like they started uh, the Broncos practice with him as the twos. He's so much stronger um, than McGovern. And I feel like I noticed him like, I mean, I was seeking him out when I was at camp last week. Um, and I just, I didn't see anything that like looked not good. Um, he's, you know, far surpassed my expectations. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, if, if Rabs was here, this, this would be one of his, one of his many told you so moments as, you know, we've talked about Tyler Smith quite a bit and um, you know, his stance is different than mine. And, and I will, I will, I will agree. You know, he's definitely just, he's living up to the hype. Um, I think he's, he's playing really well. You, you, we've seen some, some, some powerful moments in camp uh, where he's just really laid into players. And so I, I, I think that's a great, a good answer. Um, you know, I, I am pleasantly surprised with uh, how he's moved along. I really thought, I wasn't surprised that McGovern got the, the, the start, but I would think it would be more so because he's deserved it. And I don't think that that's actually the case now. I think that, I think Smith's going to probably take, take on the starting job sooner than later than what I originally thought. So, Definitely, um, definitely in, in impressed with the rookie. And uh, speaking of rookie, that that's where my vote's going to go. And and the pick that I was super excited about, um, the Cowboys made is is basically living up to every expectation there. And that is a wide receiver, Jalen Tolbert. I think he's just been fantastic. Uh, I think he's going to be able to step in and just make an immediate impact. He's doing everything right. I mean, you can kind of see that the skill set that he that he had, and he's not been like not a superstar at any one thing but he just has he's really good at a lot of things and i think that's on display whether it's you know beating players you know defenders deep or just really quick out of his breaks uh i've been i've been really pleased with with Tolbert, and you can almost say like all of the lesser known receiver guys like i mean we all know timmy fihoko is, is having a really nice camp uh where did when did noah brown actually become like a decent receiver i mean okay so noah brown has like I, I I think we talked about this at camp last year, and I certainly did last week. Noah Brown has made plays on Sundays where you thought it was C.D. Lamb, and it's the hair, and it's the 85 versus the 88, and you can't quite tell. Um, but you're like, wow, what a catch, C.D. Lamb. And then you're like, oh, that was actually Noah Brown. Um, so, like, he's, you know, um, he's having, a, like, a really strong camp, like maybe his best one yet. But he's also, like, he's done this on Sundays before with very little opportunity. Um, so, yeah, I'm also, I'm excited about Noah Brown. Yeah, you know how to tell the difference between Noah and, and CD? At practice, it's, uh, CD has, like, one, <clears throat> he's got the leg, uh, he's got, like, the, uh, the well, uh, I'm not talking about practice, in the game. You know how to tell quickly besides the number? No, I don't. It's Noah, like, where's his helmet, like, like almost covering his eyes. It's like he's just working okay. so low. Do you, I mean, every time it's – I always think it's it's CD as well, but then it's like, oh, nope, can't see his eyes. That's Noah Brown. It's, I don't know how he even makes catches with that, but his helmet's always so low on him. And uh, so, yeah, that's how I draw the part. So, yeah, now, now, I'm going to ta- take a look at this next time. Yeah, but now you won't You won't be able to unsee it. No. So just, it's like Noah Brown has no eyes. It's crazy. How is this guy playing football? Um yeah, I mean, but all all the receivers really have been impressed, uh, impressive. I think. I mean, I don't know what to make of it in camp too, because you know how we always get excited about like all the you know undrafted free agents. Like this year, it's it's uh, Dennis Houston, um, you know, and everyone's talked about how well he's he's going to make the team. And so, I mean, I, I don't know if that's if that's true or not. Um, but 
you know, there's certainly a lot of um, reasons to be optimistic about what the Cowboys had after everyone said that they just they're, they're in so much trouble, you know, with without Amari and then with Gallup missing time early. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not I'm not worried about wide receiver at all, and I think that there's they got some some good players. Um, like I said, I think Jalen's going to just uh, be you know right out of the gate. CD's been sensational in camp, and I think they'll have guys. They'll have guys to, to fill in, whether it's Simi or um, or Noah or you know or maybe even you know the the Dennis Houston. So what's interesting about the CD Lamb is this is probably his most <clears throat> like boring training camp. So like last year, you know, it was like every day there was the like CD Lamb play. Just every day we're like, oh my god, I cannot believe he caught that. And this year there is far less of that. Um, and I think part of it, um, is they're doing like less like one-on-one drills, um, with like wide receivers and cornerbacks and maybe in previous years. Um, but yeah, he's had less like sensational catches, uh, but like open all the time. Um, and so if you're open all the time, you know, you have obviously going to have less, uh, sensational catches. Uh, but it's weird cause it's been like a quieter camp for him. Uh, but in no way does that, you know, take away from how good he seems to be out there. He's clearly, I mean, it's not even close. It's clearly their best receiver. Yeah, I mean, yeah, last year he had uh, Traylon Diggs draped all over him. Was, those two were just battling all the time. And yeah, I did, I did not enjoy that, to be honest. I'm like, can we stop having these two run 40 yards down the field um, I just and, and fall to the ground? I just, I need them in uh, September through January, not, um, you know, August. Yeah, that was, that was a little scary. Speaking of scary, uh, moving on to the next um, Saul character, and, and and this uh this character is one of actually one of my favorites. Um, you know, kind of came on late, but um, turned out the way they they you know wrote him in just fantastic. And this is Lalo Salamanca. Um, so in in my eyes, uh, he's one of the most villainous characters you know we've seen on TV. Uh, he's absolutely ruthless. And he will stop at nothing to take you down. So, in honor of this dangerous specimen of a human, what have you seen in camp that puts the greatest element of danger in this team? And what what are you most worried about? It's, it's always the offensive line. Um, like the last, you know, the Cowboys' offensive line's been pretty overrated uh, the last couple of years, um, and it's like I'm I was not the biggest Lyle Collins fan. Uh, but I liked having him and Terrence Steele as options, you know, in case uh, Lyle was doing something stupid and was unavailable or Terrence was not playing well, then like Lyle existed, you know. Um, and so I'm a little bit worried about Steele, to be fair. You know, he's getting beat by Micah Parsons, who um, just beats everybody. Um, so that's that's not so much what I'm worried about. But he was having a little bit of problems I heard today at uh, at the Broncos, you know, the joint practice they had today. And if him or Tyron Smith miss any amount of time, I legitimately don't know what they're going to do at backup. Like, I don't know who's going to play because Josh Ball is probably not it. I would like to see him in the games. Um, I'm also not a fan of Josh Ball as a human. So, you know, I wish we would bring someone in to replace him. And like, well, let's go. I had not like high hopes for, you know, but I was like, maybe he could be like a serviceable backup tackle where you're obviously going to have to give him help but maybe you go through some growing pains and in year two he takes like a big leap forward like a lot like Terrence Steele um and I don't know what they're going to do with him because that like shoulder issue he has and they still haven't had surgery so maybe he's going to try to play through this this year anyway long story short I am worried about the offensive line yeah no I mean that's 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 the number one answer to me I mean I I totally agree and I, I was in the same boat too like I wasn't like disappointed with Lyle Collins because I, I was my biggest Collins fan too and, and I'm very pleased with I I was pleased with Steele and how he played last year but I am a little bit concerned like they, they just seem like they're going in pretty lean I don't know how, how you feel but I I kind of thought like around this time and, and maybe here in the next couple of days that they would make their move to get their veteran swing tackle signing and I don't know historically like if they prefer to wait till they get back to Texas to do these things, um, you know, I, I don't know just cause um, you know, they obviously signed uh, Brett Maher and they signed Anthony Barr while in camp. And I know they've made moves out in Oxnard before, uh, but I don't know if like veteran panic button, like du jour um, comes in when they get back to Dallas for some reason. I, I don't know the answer. 
And so I don't know if that's what they're waiting for, but maybe they're just waiting to see how preseason, you know, game one goes. And it's so bad that they're like, all right, we actually definitely need to do something there because these guys aren't it. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'm all for give, giving these young guys all the reps, all, all the reps, you know. Uh, but at some point, you start to worry, like, they do see it. Like, don't they see it? They see it, right? They we're not going to go in into, into the, you know, regular season with Josh Ball as our, you know, our only guy. And we know that that, that Tyron is, is so injury prone. So where it just that just it seems really scary, and I, I feel like they wouldn't do that. But uh, at the same time, each day, as each day goes past, I, I start to kind of get a little bit worried about that because yeah, I totally agree with you. That's that that could be a really bad thing. I mean, it, it could be the one thing that just derails all everything that the Cowboys have, you know, on offense, and then as a team, it it, it could just come to a complete halt if they have no protection on the edge. And, uh, it's not even the protection. Like, if we can't run block and you know they're going to want to run, like, a fairly significant amount, um, I don't know how high that percentage will be, but you know they love, like, establishing their identity through the run, which I don't – I'm not as against it as a lot of people are, but I also hate, you know, banging your head into a wall that's not working. Um, it just – I don't really want to see a lot of second and third and longs um, with, like, Josh Ball on the edge and, um, you know, Dak Prescott just, like, make it through this game, make it through this game. Uh, if like Will Greer was our starting quarterback and we were ready to go four and 13 or five and 12, I'd be like, yeah, let's roll with Josh Ball and maybe we'll let's go plays if one of these dudes get hurt and hopefully we can find out what we have. Uh, but that is absolutely not the case. We have a dude making a lot of money at quarterback who's obviously uh, extremely pivotal for the team this year and the next, you know, however many years he plays um, that we need to keep him alive and well. And I don't feel like, the amount of concern that the fans have for this is being shared by the front office. It feels like. No, I totally agree, and I don't like I said. I, I keep expecting that um, for them to to go out and sign someone. I will say that, unlike most of Cowboys Nation who are up in arms about the way that they've approached uh, their roster building, I, I have not had any issues with any of that. I I actually have been very supportive of, the, of their approach. But I will, I do share the same concern about what's happening at tackle because I don't know. It just to me, you just don't have enough bodies there, enough able bodies there, and that's you know that's a that's a real a real worrisome thing for me. And In all fairness, I think if we went through like thirty-one other teams' podcasts, um, I'm guessing they don't feel good about their third and fourth um, offensive tackles either. Uh, so it's sort of um, you know like. Okay, how many good tackles are there in the NFL? Like, probably, there's definitely not even 64 of them. Um, so, there's just not enough to go around. I just feel like for a team who thinks that they can contend this season, um, like, it feels a bit short-sighted to not assume that, you know, it's, it's short-sighted to assume that, like, these dudes are going to be healthy and the guys behind them are ready to step in. But, you know, maybe they prove us wrong here over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, and... I will say this too. And you're you're probably right about the, you know how they feel about their their swing tackle stuff. But I will say this in the in the Cowboy situation, I would I would feel better if a Terrence Still was looking pretty good, which he hasn't been. You know, he hasn't been doing that. So, and then also the fact that with with the Tyron Smith thing, it was like I mean, you know, he can't stay healthy. He's, he hasn't been able to stay healthy since you know Prescott coming came into the league. So. Uh, this is so those those factors combined with the fact that all we got to Josh Ball is makes the whole thing unsettling. And uh, and another to be fair to Tyron last year was like an ankle injury, and not his back. So that makes me feel a lot better about his availability. Um, you know, like getting rolled up on, um, but which by no means means he's going to play 16, 17 games if his back feels great just because these things happen. But at least it wasn't his back or neck or, you know, one of those continuing, like, ailments that he has. Um, and it was, like, an unlucky ankle getting rolled up on. True, which makes me wonder, like, how long can that back hold up? Because, he's you know, he didn't have back issues last time around. So, but, yeah, I mean, with, with Tyron, you never know what, you know, I mean, it's, it's never a surprise when you see him walking off off the field, um, you know, and another, uh, it's the worst. So yeah, it, it, uh, speaking of and another one that's a concern too is 
not so much as offensive tackle to me, but um, it's it's pretty bad as well. Is, is the Cowboys kicker situation? Um, do you have any thoughts about like are you are you worried about that? I mean, I, I will say I'm I'm a little worried. I mean, I'm as worried as I am. Like anytime any kicker is kicking, because I just I don't trust kickers. I think coaches rely on kickers too much. I'm like, just don't kick field goals. You know, go get touchdowns. Um, that's I, I'd rather be going for it from fourth and five than I would be kicking a field goal in almost like any scenario, minus like a game or half, you know, sort of ending thing. Um, so I'm, I am worried about it, but also like kickers suck. Um, they suck. There's going to be a kicker who's on a team that is having a great camp and it's going to be like, and this team is one in three now. And the kicker has shanked, you know, seven field goals and two, and including two game like tying or winning kicks and the final 30 seconds of games, and now he's released. Um, so a kicker is good until he's not. Like, um, Dan Bailey was awesome, and then he was not good, and we had to get rid of him. Um, I, I was really disappointed with Garibay. I was hoping that he would be good. I mean, watching watching those two kick at camp those days was uh, – uh, I could see why they were keeping Garibay because the ball comes off his foot, like, a lot better than it did for Liram or Rallahu or whatever. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's bad. It's 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 definitely going to cost the Cowboys a game. Um, it's just unlikely going to be the reason that they don't get to where they want to go. Um, I don't know. I yeah. just I don't trust any kickers outside of like Justin Tucker. So right. Well, yeah, and that's because you know we had Landon on last week, and you know he spoke to this, and he he kind of he framed it really well. And there's only just like maybe you know five to eight kickers that are like you really feel good about, and every everyone after that is just kind of like. You know, you don't know what you're getting, and, and he, you know, it's it's going to be, you know, just just a basically, you know, you're you're playing with fire in it, and with all those guys. So it's there's there's really no right answer for the Cowboys unless a player like you know Garibay turns out to be one of those, you know, top five if eight kickers in the league. So I mean, at this point, I mean, I, I, I I'm glad they they made a move and got someone else in because I think I think you know it, it was pretty clear he wasn't ready um of course i don't know if, if brett maher is the answer um it would be nice to have to get someone in here that we can feel good about going to regular season but at this point there's nobody that's going to make us feel you know really good um it might be better that we have kickers that john fossil doesn't really like because he seems to be fairly important inside the organization like you know as far as coaches go and has i feel like a little bit of sway over like when to kick versus not to kick. And maybe Mike McCarthy will just be like, uh, nope, I'm not kicking. I don't like these kickers. And we can be – and with the Cowboys, with like Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lawrence, you know, times where punting before in the past for the Cowboys equaled a touchdown for the other team, you know, seven plays later, um, you're like, we can maybe play more like – you know, like uh, the Ravens when they, you know, not that they're passing on field goals, but where it's like they had such a good defense where you're like, I don't feel that bad punting and getting them inside their 10-yard line because I don't think they can go 90 yards on our defense. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, if Maher is our kick, ends up being our kicker, you know, we're not, oh, God. we're, we're going to, we're going to give it a shot. We're going to give that. Little oh shot. yeah. We're not going to be great. Bad. Let's just, yeah, <laughs> let's go with, let's go with a Hyralahu who has a fairly not strong leg. And just never kick field goals and go for it um, all the time. Yeah, it'd be nice. It, like Hyrule, who is is, I mean, he he was. I think he was perfect for us when he played. I think he only kicked uh, extra points though. Um, but I mean, I think I really that's fine. I don't want someone who's going to. I don't want us to come back in a game, tie it up, you know, thirty five, you know, thirty four, thirty five, and then we need the extra point and then have somebody botch that. Um, Dude, I was just watching the. Um, it was that clip from. God, I don't even know how far along. It was a long time ago. Jim Hazlitt was the Saints coach. Oh, it was that play where yeah. they lateral like oh. 100 times, and then John Carney misses the old extra point. That's, you know, like 17 yards or whatever it that is. Was so and funny. he shakes the kick, and I was I was dying laughing. I was like, I remember watching that live and just be like, that was the craziest play. Oh, my God, he missed the extra point. Can you imagine yeah, that? that? That's just, no. no. For the playoffs. No, yeah. No, that's uh, – yeah, I hope, I hope that's not us. Not that we would make such a remarkable, you know – play like that but i mean you know you do want to be able to make those kicks you know in close games and so i don't know i don't know how that's going to turn out but let's uh move on um going on to our next saw character i'm gonna 
uh, I'm going to, to this one is Kim Wexler. Um, you know, as you know, she may look uh, sweet and innocent on the outside, uh, but that girl is flat out vicious. Uh, she'll make you feel warm and fuzzy. But then without you realizing it, she has concocted the most maniacal plan to wreck your life. So my question for you is, what narrative from training camp thus far do you think looks good now, but could end up duping us when real football starts? Actually, I want to hear your answer first, because um, I want to see if we have the same one. That's so you, you, you start here. Okay, that's fantastic, because of all of these answers, I've written down two things, just because I didn't want to duplicate but I don't got two things for this one. So um, I'm, okay. I'm glad to go first. Um, I think the one that's I think that we're getting duped on is any notion that we're suddenly going to use speed to destroy defenses. And this is talking about the, the Tony Pollard hype and then the USFL guy, um, you know, Cavante Turpin. Turpin or, yeah. So, I mean, I think people are like super excited. Like, look at how, how dynamic our offense is going to be. And this is going to be the year that Pollard, you know, Whatever, and I feel like I don't know that that's going to happen. I don't. I, I mean, I'm not saying that it's that Pollard won't be utilized effectively because I, I think I think a lot of Kellen Moore more than the, the normal fan, but I don't think that it's going to be this complete, you know, creative, you know, all these stuff and get these guys in space going as much as the fans are hoping. And right now, I think that there's a lot of a lot of stuff being sold about that. And, and you know, like, I mean, um, Turpin is, is basically being seen as a lock for the roster. I mean, I'm not hearing anybody even question it. It's because he's our, he's the only guy we got returning, you know, punts or at least the last I, I remember. So, I, don't know, I mean, people are excited about those guys. And so that, that to me, I feel is the one that we're kind of getting lulled into that, that it probably will disappoint fans. Um, that's an excellent answer. Um, I would like to say that I don't think the Rams, for example, who obviously won the Super Bowl, I don't think they like sped teams to death either. Um, they sort of like schemed teams to death, but it like, I mean, Cooper Cup's their biggest playmaker and he's not, you know, he's not blazing fast, obviously. Um, he's just really good and their offensive design is good. So I don't think you necessarily need like a crazy speed element, but it would be nice. Um, I am uh, on the Turpin note, I am excited for Turpin because I did not want C.D. Lamb returning punts. It's like my number one thing. I was like, dude, we need a punt returner. Um, and he, at camp, he was noticeable. Um, like, he's noticeably, like, he's fat. I mean, he's incredibly fast. So I don't think, and small. I, so I don't think he's going to be utilized that much in offense. I think they'll use him as, like, that jet sweep, lucky whitehead sort of um, package plays that they like and maybe try to run him on, like, some uh, backside stuff uh, after, you know, they fake handoffs to him. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't disagree. I don't think – I also don't want to use Pollard as a wide receiver. Like, I know there's a lot of, like, oh, yeah, they're working him in the slot. It's like running backs aren't good receivers. Um, if your targets are going to running backs, your offense is probably – it's probably not going very well. Um, I don't particularly want Pollard to be used like that. I would like to see – you know, the two back formation and like, I don't need Tony. I don't want Tony Pollard like running a slant on like a third and six with the game on the line because he's small and like that. I know what's going to happen. That ball is going to get like knocked up in the air or he's going to drop it. It's just, I don't, I don't really want him. I don't really want him doing that. I want him running the ball and catching like screen passes and doing weird stuff every once in a while with him and Zeke in the backfield. But the idea of like using him as a, like, any kind of wide receiver, which we've not really seen at camp at all, um, is not something I'm particularly interested in. Yeah. So do you have your own answer to Yeah. Um, I think we're being duped about the wide receivers in general. And I don't – this is not to say that they have not been good in camp. Um, I just think that there is – even with, like, the Cowboys cornerback depth is, like, strong. So it's not like – they're going up against dudes who cannot play in the NFL. You know, how good you think all of them are, you know, it's up to you. Um, but, like, I, you know, you said it. It's like we've seen this before in training camp. It's never been this many dudes, but there's also never been this many wide receiver spots, like, up for grabs. Like, there's never been, like, after, um, like, Lamb and Tolbert would be guaranteed a roster spot. 
it's like after that like who's really guaranteed a roster spot it's like probably noah brown but that's like because he can do like special teams things um and he's you know familiar with Dak. it's like who else is guaranteed a roster spot at wide receiver i think you got to give fihoku but at this point the way he's playing i mean he's sure yeah um but it's not like like Fahoka come out and like crap the bed for the next four you know preseason games or they get back to Dallas and suddenly he can't catch anymore um it's just you know we don't have like it's not like penciled in where it was like all right Cooper Lamb Gallup um Noah Brown has to play like fill this specialty role obviously we have to keep um Cedric Wilson and then you know we got a guy we have like four guys fighting for one spot it's like there's I don't know uh, six guys fighting for like five spots, um, seven guys fighting for five spots, which is just kind of like a, it's a, it's a weird turn and doing it in practice versus doing it on like Sundays where things are a little bit more tight and, you know, there's a lot more on the line. Um, I'm not holding out hope that I'm going to watch like Simi Fahoku um, come down with like a difficult catch and uh, like a, you know, third and long or game on the line. Like we need to move the chains. I, I just, I will believe it when I see it. And until then, I think that we are going to find our offense um, is going to struggle until, like, Gallup is back and fully healthy. Yeah, you know, that's a really good answer. And, I mean, I think the reason it's a good answer is because I do think that the range of outcomes for the receiving group is is pretty high. Um, I think that they could could be better than expected. And these guys, like, if if, if Bioku plays like he's been playing and then Tolbert keeps it up, I, I think that could be especially when you get Gallup back. I mean, those four, I mean, that could be some nice arsenal for, for Dak. Um, but here, I got a, I got a question for you. Okay. Um, so how many yards, like, what do you th- would think like the over under for like Jalen Tolbert yards on the year is? Oh my goodness. Um, I'm going to go. You're asking me the, the over under. Well, let's just guess there. Like if he had a good year, we're like, man, Jalen Tolbert, that was a good year for Jalen Tolbert. How many yards would that require? I'll tell you what. I mean, I'm drinking the Jalen Tolbert Kool-Aid right now, but I'm going to tell you what, I'm, I'm going to say he's going to get, he's going to get 783 yards. Okay. Over the last like 10 years, guess the average yardage for first round receivers. The average for first round receivers for all of them. Yep, for all of them. Oh, no, that's so that includes that includes like Laquan Treadwell and all that yeah, garbage. But I'm gonna, all of them. I'm going to say 412 yards. Yeah, it's like it's 600 or something, and then like second round is down to like 400. Um, third round, I can't remember. Fourth round is like 60 yards. Um, so the like relying on rookie wide receivers um, is particularly dangerous. Um, and, you know, for every Jamar Chase that exists, there's a Laquan Treadwell. Um, and the further, obviously, you go in the draft, it's worse. Um, so, man, if he had man, if he had 700 yards, we would be like, uh, this was amazing. I'd be like, at this point, I'm like, if he could get me 500 yards, um, I don't know, maybe like 300 of them come before Gallup gets back or something. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know what the right answer is for this. Uh, it's just... I think our expectations might be too high for a third round draft pick from like South Alabama. Yeah. Who's just not used to this level of competition. Right. No. And, and I definitely, my, I have definitely have high expectations for him and it's probably, I'm probably going to be disappointed, but I, I do think he's a good player. And, um, and then, you know, you get deep, those deep classes. And I mean, look at Gallup as another example, you know, I forget what he was. Is he like the 15th receiver taken? That year, I don't know, but um, something like that. Yeah. So I mean, and he, I don't, I don't know what he finished with, but he had, he had a he had a really good rookie season, and I, um, I mean, he had five hundred yards in his rookie season. Really? That's all he had? Five oh five oh seven. Wow. I, I would. And I would bet for second round receivers. Um, I'm pretty sure he was, or was he third round? Um, he, anyway, he, he, I bet he was third round. On, yeah, he was third round. I bet he. I would venture a guess that he is on the high end of third round receivers with 500 yards. Yeah. I felt like you had more. I don't that, that was anyway. Yeah. Cause it was good. You know, we were, that, we were very surprised by it. I'll tell you what, that was, a, that was 2018. That was that terrible. Like ever, it was, he had no, nobody around him until Amari came. I bet you if you prorated his second half, I bet you you would get more than 500, but um, I don't know. Maybe not. But anyway, so, okay, let's, uh, let's finish this, uh, Saw character thing out with like I got one more character that and I have to mention um, 
Mike Ehrmantraut, big, you know, big popular character on on Better Call Saul. Um, you know, I, I uh, you know, he is one of the the few guys in the show that, for the most part, is like you know, really good. You know, you almost like start to think that he's like a good guy. I think until the point where he actually took the you know the German guy engineer guy out into the desert you know that was didn't you realize yeah no yeah man yeah he, that was dark that was dark yeah um so yeah I mean that's just in typical Saul or Breaking Bad is everybody's everybody's dark there's there's no real good guys but nonetheless you know he was he was a guy who quietly got things done so my question for you Tony is what player um, that has been relatively quiet in camp that you think will actually surprise us. And kind of be a little splashy come regular season. Ooh, so quiet in camp, yeah, but will be splashy in the regular season. Yeah, relatively okay. quiet. I mean, I mean, not like we haven't heard anything, but just kind of you know, it's not it's not all the craze like between a lot of players. I would say it's one of these two players at the same position. It will be Donovan Wilson or Malik Hooker because they have been super quiet in camp. I mean, there's nothing, like, terrible happening. They just, you know, not a lot of, like, splash plays coming for them. And I think this is the first time in I don't know how long where we've gone into a season and I'm not worried about our secondary. Um, and so with the amount of pressure that I think that they're going to be able to generate with, like, Parsons and, you know, Sam Williams and Demarcus Lawrence and, you know, maybe Dante Fowler, however that works out, um, without mentioning, like, maybe we get a little jump from Osa in year two. Um, anyway. Um, I think that the ability for them to like come up with plays on the back end from the quarterback being rushed um, will be higher than we think because Curse is the best one of them. Uh, but I think like the quieter ones are Hooker and Wilson, and I expect them to be good this year. Hmm. I think that's a good answer. I mean, yeah, I'm, I am excited about. It. I've never, I can't remember the last time I was, I felt this comfortable with a starting safety group. Um, you know, of course, obviously, Daron Curse has a lot to do with that, and. You know, I'm so glad that the Cowboys uh, retained him. And and Hooker, you know, he he fits this perfectly as far as not splashy at all, very quiet, but uh, no complaints about anything that he does, too. He's very, very solid. And, you know, definitely, you know, he's got the raw talent to be, you know, a good player. Uh, so I, I really like your answer. Um, my answer is going to be Dorrance Armstrong. And I... I think that, you know, so we talked about like the other guys, you know, with the, the receivers with Amari gone and then the, the tackles with Lyle gone. And I think that everybody's really thinks we're going to miss uh, Randy Gregory. And I do not think we will because and no, no disrespect to Gregory. I, re, I know how good, how powerful he was. And I, I mean, he had some really nice displays last season where he just like, you almost thought that this guy, I mean, he had, he looked like one of the elite, play, you know, edge rushers at times. But I think mm-hmm. I think Armstrong, and I don't think we'll see that from Armstrong. But I think he's just a guy who makes plays. I think he's just a guy that's just in into everybody's business. He's he's pesky, you know. He's deflecting things. He's, you know, he he's just you know he's creating pressures, and of course, you know, he's blocking punts as he did last year. But I think um, Armstrong to me is one of those guys that no one's really talking about. But I think when you factor him. Tank and then Micah and then the occasional with the rookie. I really feel good about that whole edge rushing group, um, and I think Armstrong has a has a part in that. So that's my. You know what's funny? I like this answer, and it's funny because normally at training camp, we nobody can shut up about um, Dorrance Armstrong and how good he looks. And this year, um, it is like it is quiet. Like I can't actually think about any Dorrance Armstrong like plays or conversations. Um, so maybe this is the year. So every year we're like hype up Dorrance Armstrong. It's literally like three years in a row. I feel like this happened. And every year I'd be like, I am not going to buy this anymore. I know we talked about this when we met up last year. I was like, I'm not buying it, dude. Like do it in the regular season. Cause I don't care. Cause what I don't want to feel about my defensive end is they come out of the field and on like third down and you're like, you're mad that's not, like not DeMarcus or not Tank or maybe this, or sorry, that's the same person, or not Micah um, or, you know, maybe Sam Williams this year or whoever. You're like, you're mad that, like, these other guys need a break on third down. And you're like, we can't be doing this on third down. We have to get off the field. Maybe this is the year, like, right when it's all quiet on the Western front that Dorrance Armstrong comes out and gets, like, I don't know, six, seven, like, 
good sacks, you know, that are like his sacks and maybe not like somebody else's or just forces a lot of pressure, like just is a good solid like defensive end on a, on a good defense. Like that would be, that would be excellent. I'm hoping for that. He still is only like 25 years old yeah, or whatever. Right. Um, so uh, I love that answer. That was a good one, dude. Do you remember, um, you watched the draft, don't you? Mm-hmm. Um, do you remember how excited the war room was when, when they made that pick? Yeah, but the war room's also like got a lot of Johnny Walker probably going on on it. Well, you know, yeah, I mean they're always happy about drunk. their pick, but I mean they were super happy. And of course, we didn't know like who they were who who they were picking when we saw them like jumping out. Which I mean that's the that pick is like the most excited they've been in you know in the last five years or whatever. The whenever you know since I mean they they were super stoked about that and. Yeah, I know they really love the guy, and I um, mean, you know, he's had time moments where it's like, oh, I can see it. But you're absolutely right; it really never amounts to anything big. He did put together a good, good year last season, um, but I do, th- I think he could, he could think he might be able to take the next step, and it won't be like he won't be wrecking things like Randy did. But I think just overall, just his productivity and his, you know, I think he, I think he'll be very valuable, and I, I would go as far as saying. You know, and this has to do with availability, not just raw ability. I think he'll have more sacks than than Randy Gregory this year. Um, he'll, I think he'll have more reps as well, but uh, and that will probably help him. But I, I, I think I don't think Cowboys fans will be, will be too disappointed after after you know this season concludes. That's 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 my prediction with the Armstrong. I like it. I, I'm not mad at that. Um, I I will not buy into the Armstrong hype until it happens. I'm just out. Uh, but I, I like it. Um, I think that's a good answer. All right. Well, speaking of buying into the hype, uh, Monday, for me, not for you, because you're behind, is the Better Call Saul finale. That's it. There's no more. No more. No more. Damn. You know, and that, I'm going to have to try to watch, like, how many episodes are in the second half? Like seven or something? Uh, I think it's might be it's six. There were seven in the first one. I think this one's, I think this one's six. All right. Well, I'm gonna have to burn through. Um, I'm gonna have to spend twenty dollars or whatever and burn through six episodes because otherwise, I I won't be able to go on Twitter that day. No, you won't. And I, I tell you what, I'm hoping that they they come through because uh, you know I, I absolutely love the finale of Breaking Bad. You know that was just you know when the the gun came out of the car and just got all those guys. I mean, this like, it was a bit absurd, but it was awesome. It was yeah, it was precisely that. Uh, so I, I'm looking forward to something something big like that and and. And so what's weird, like Saul's over and, and Breaking Bad, the whole story's done. It's just like the end of it. And, and uh, we're, but uh, on Saturday is our is our first preseason game, and that's like that's where things begin. And now, if if people that listen and that know me, and you may know this, I'm like I'm a I'm a preseason junkie. I, I'll probably watch watch this game three times, um, you know, to be in condensed fashion. And I'm not going to spend nine hours watching this, but so, but I will watch every snap multiple times. Um, I, you know, I, I just, you know, I, I love preseason football. So, anyway, so I, I want you to, to first off, do you know? Do you, can you predict what, how you think Saul's going to end? Do you, do you have any thoughts about like what, what do you think that's going? I'm none because I'm like six episodes behind, so I don't, well, I don't know. You know, I can't tell you what I think's going to magically happen over that. You know? Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I don't want to tell you because. You know, I'm a little. I know. I've really let you down, dude. I've really let you down. <laughs> uh, that I've not seen the last, you know, half of the season no. so far. And my my apologies to all your uh, your great fans out here. Yeah, it's fine. So I guess we'll just I'll ask you something then that's uh, more something that you can't answer. Is, uh, tell me what you're hoping to see <laughs> from from uh, Saturday's game. Okay. So first off, I think everyone will agree. Like, let's just get out of there healthy. But that's number one for. That's like bullet point one for any preseason game. You can't say so, you can't say health and penalties. You can't say yeah. Can't no, say. I don't care about penalties. I don't care about <clears throat> refs are trash. So that's going to be whatever. Um, what I'm looking forward to, or what I'm hoping to see, is that the same receivers who have been good in training camp continue to be the ones that stand out on like in preseason games. So I don't. What I don't want to see is suddenly you know Fahoku, um or uh, Dennis Houston, suddenly they just disappear. And it's like, uh, Ty Freifogel and uh, Jaquari Robinson are our best receivers. Like, that is 
that is what I don't want to see. So I want to see Fajoko and uh, Houston and maybe TJ Basher. Like I want to see them look um, and Tolbert, if he plays, I don't, I doubt he will, uh, but maybe he does. Um, but I want to see them like look like I want them to beat up on backup cornerbacks on other teams. Like that's what I want to see is the receivers who have been good in camp to continue as, you know, Landon always says that drum beat and it needs to continue in the preseason. I don't need another John Bea Johnson and the other 7,000 receivers that we've had where you're like, man, this guy's killing training camp. And then we get to the games. It's like, he was horrible. He was never open. And the one time he was, he dropped it. Like I, I cannot have that. Yeah, no, that's, the other thing that Lawrence, I, I definitely want that as well. But with the recent news of um, Will Greer's injury, and like I don't know, like what his status is going to be. So then I start to think, oh my, you got to be kidding me! If the if the snaps are going to be shared between Cooper Rush and that other guy that the, the, those I don't speak of, um, then it's like in our in our receivers are not given a chance. And you can't properly evaluate like a player like Dennis Houston or somebody if. If that guy goes out there and he's like throwing at their feet and stuff, that that to me will will make me irate. So I really hope that Gr- that Greer is healthy. You know, I would like to say I hope he's out there playing and we are able to see these receivers have a fighting chance. So that's that's one thing that um that I'm curious about. I I think a lot of some of these undrafted guys like you with Houston, um, you know, and then of course with the the USFL guy, I like to see what Turpin does. And then I, I lost, I'm also kind of curious about, you touched about Malik, Malik Hooker and uh, Donovan Wilson. I want to see what Mar- Marquise Bell does. Like, uh, it'd be nice to see. Oh, good one, dude. See, I, he, he was noticeable out at training camp. And he just, he was just like, sort of like everywhere, man. Um, and I don't know if it's like partly because he's like smaller. So you're like, who's that small dude um, out there? Um, yeah, man. I really like him. That is a great answer. Um, it That is one of the things where it's like, how is this dude? I can't imagine the roster right now, unless he's, you know, obviously knock on wood um, injured or uh, like just falls apart. I can't imagine him not on the 53 man roster. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, that's the word on the street. And uh, so now we like to see, see him uh, go out there and give, you know, reasons for why he belongs on there. You, you know, I'd like to see him make plays. And um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, I guess that's what I'll be looking for. I also curious that we got a lot of edge rushing guys that, um, you know, kind of like to see how. I don't know how the hierarchy is going to go as far as because there's. I think I feel like we got too many. Like I feel like, you know, we, we may have talked yes. about this before. Like I feel like Fowler or Basham won't both make the team. So I kind of like. I want to see which ones show out. I want to see like what it's Chauncey Gold. So where they where are they rushing him from? And uh, I think there's just there's it's there's so many just pass rushers in general, whether it's defensive tackle or, or uh, edge rushers, it's like, who are going to be the guys? Who's who's going to be the ones that, that's, you know, getting to the quarterback and the ones that you were likely to see get the reps and regular season? Because honestly, I mean, it it's it would be hard to select, to predict um, who, they're, who they are, because there's, there's so many names. And, um, you know, so that's, I'm really curious to see how that plays out as well. It's a great answer. I'm going to give you one more bonus one for somebody who actually like needs to have some good preseason games. Uh, Kelvin Joseph. Oh yeah, I've, I don't know why I've just I don't I'm not even thinking about him. I, I mean, I I've just kind of I've, I've I haven't seen anything from him, and I continue to not see anything from him. And all he is is uh, potential. And when you don't have the character to kind of maximize that, you really just I don't know. You're kind of just out there wandering aimlessly, which is what it looked like he's been doing in camp. So he was, I mean, he had like some good moments like late in the uh, season where it's like, oh, yeah, like he looks like smooth and can like guard guys. Um, I just I didn't notice him at training camp, which is not always like a bad thing, um, you know, for cornerbacks. Like maybe they just weren't throwing at him because they were covered. It's not like I'm, you know, rewatching like practice film because First of all, I don't have access to that. And secondly, I have a life and a job and a kid and things to do. Um, so I'd like to see him, like, just look like he belongs um, this weekend, um, which, like, he obviously has the talent to do it. He might be, outside of Diggs, like, the most naturally talented, maybe even including Diggs, just, like, the most, like, naturally talented uh, cornerback that exists on the team. Um, and I'm like, I don't even know if he's guaranteed to make the roster. Like, I just – I don't know if he's, like, for sure – got that spot with like Deron Bland 
who's been like fairly noticeable for people and Nation Wright, who's generally making plays. Like, I don't know how many cornerbacks are going to carry, but if you're carrying Bland and Wright, for example, you're already at five. Um, and I, you know, I'm just saying that's not, I don't think it's guaranteed that Joseph's even here. Yeah. I'm glad you said it. Cause I didn't want to be the one to, to do that because it does seem like it'd be ludicrous to cut him loose this early, but you're right though. I mean, I, and I will take, I will say this Nishan Wright is playing better than I expected. And uh, even though he's, you know, a, a fellow uh, OSU Beaver, I have never been too impressed with what he's brought to, but I will say I've, I've seen some development, seen some improvement from him. So, to me he's just like a very specific cornerback you know like he's not going to go in on the slot and he's not going to he's not going to be great on a guy running a bunch of like short routes um but if you get him in like zone and he can like drop back um i feel like he's like ball skills and obviously his length it just gives him a, a larger margin of error than some other dudes have yeah yeah so i mean to me i, th- I would almost say he's been slightly in front of kelvin joseph and, and if i had to you know stack him so yeah, we'll see. I, I don't know. But um, I think that's, you know, I think that covers a lot of stuff. Uh, I really appreciate you uh, stepping in and uh, joining me today. It's always a pleasure. And, uh, you know, make sure to uh, go, uh, you know, catch up on your Saul. So, uh, oh, man, yeah. maybe I'll call out of work tomorrow and just watch Better Call Saul all day. Say, sorry, boss. Uh, not feeling well. Um, and then I'll tell him it's all good, man. It's, and it's then uh, just send that in the Slack and then leave. Nice. Nice. All right, man. Thanks, Tony. Appreciate you coming on. You're, you're welcome. Enjoy your night, man. It's good talking to you. You too. That's it for our show today. If you haven't yet, please do subscribe to the Blogging the Boys Podcast Network. Leave us a rating, write a review, wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher. Tell us what you think, anything you'd like us to do differently to improve your podcast listening experience. And if you ever want to talk to us about anything at all, any Cowboys Hot Topic, who you're looking for, you know, watching in the preseason game, or um, you know, what uh, how do you think the uh, Better Call Saul is going to end? Uh, you know, just hit, hit us up on Twitter. I'm at Danny Phantom 24, and then Rabs when he's around, he's at uh, Rabble Rouser, spelled R-A-B-B-L-E-R-O-U-S-R. And don't forget to check out all the great podcasts throughout the entire week. Every day we got something new for you. Tomorrow we'll have the World's Team with Meg Murray and Paul Stewart, so make sure to check that out. And also we'll have on Sunday we'll have a review of the Cowboys' first preseason game. Uh, so make sure to look for that. Uh, but that's all we have for today. Thanks for hanging out with us. Hope you have a great weekend. Stay safe, stay happy, stay true to the Silver Blue. We will catch you tomorrow.